You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Cam Chancellor comes up and just unloads. Number 31, clean his clock. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. Russell has time, fires down the middle. Got his man, Baldwin. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Doug Baldwin again. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to the Seahawks Insiders Podcast. I'm Jen Mueller, joined by John Boyle and Aaron Johannes, both from Seahawks.com. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. I'm trying to get right into it, and I'm trying to power through and be really cheery, even though this is going to be the final edition of our Insiders Podcast. I would like to point out that we said that we were going to be back talking football this week, so we didn't lie to anybody out there. We were just optimistic that our football conversation would sound a little bit different than it has to. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we hoped to be in here talking about a playoff game coming up, but, you know, didn't work out this season. It was a tough year, and now it's time to move on and figure out what's going on in the future. It does feel a little bit surreal as all of us are kind of sitting here going, man, I don't know what to do. The the date on the calendar is not matching up with the things on my to-do list anymore. What... There's no practices. There's no games to pay attention to. It's a very, it's very disconcerting to figure out what happens next. It is. I mean, this is a team that's played at least into the divisional round. So we're talking two more weeks every year since 2012, and the same with 2010. So this has only happened once in you know the last eight years that we've been in this situation. So it's it's awfully unfamiliar. Yeah, for me, it's my second year here. So, you know, going to the playoffs last year was obviously awesome. And then my second year now, not going to the playoffs, it's a little different for me. I mean, now I'm one and one. Um, so maybe I'm the problem. Ah, um, that's exactly. Th- Way to take it. one for the team on that one, Aaron. I might have to. I might have to. That's good. Well, I tell you what, here's what you guys can look forward to on this final edition of the Seahawks Insider Podcast. It's going to be the biggest show. And I'm calling it the biggest show because of the way that we're going to break down the Seahawks season by looking at the biggest challenges, the biggest surprises, and the biggest upside for all three phases of the game. So we're going to talk offense, defense, and special teams. But first, you know, we've touched on it for the last couple of minutes, but all three of us were in the locker room on Monday as the team was cleaning out their locker. It's always a tough day because it feels like the last day of school in some ways, and you don't know which guys are going to be back and and which guys are going to go elsewhere. And But this year it felt different to me for an entirely different reason. There wasn't the same sense of, you were just that close. It was disappointing, but there was um, it, it was unsettled because of the challenges. I don't know what you guys took away from that, but it was a very different vibe this year compared to the last few. Yeah, last year, I think the one thing that I noticed is that there was a lot of disappointment. And obviously, you know, you're in the playoffs, so losing a game in general, just knowing you're in the hunt is a lot different than not being in it at all this year. But this year, it, it felt like a lot of uncertainty to me. Like, there was a lot of guys in there that were just talking to other guys and aren't sure if they're going to see them again. And that's the vibe that I got from it there was that there was a lot of guys in there that um, were talking to other teammates. and They just didn't know if they'd see them again or if they are playing with them or what the future is going to hold for the team. So that was the difference for me is that last year it felt like it was a lot of disappointment. And now this year, a lot of guys just don't know what's going to look like and this, what's this locker room going to look like next year. Yeah, when you you know when you get eliminated from the playoffs, it's so sudden, you know. And I, we heard a couple guys say this. Doug Baldwin said it after the game. KJ Wright said it on Monday that while they obviously were still holding on to hope for the playoffs and you know wanted things to break their way, they at least were somewhat you know in the back of their heads they knew this was a possibility for the last couple of weeks because of the situation they had put themselves in. So it wasn't kind of that stunning 
you know, we go from Super Bowl hopefuls to just all of it being over in one day. Um, and then, yeah, like Aaron said, it's, you know, every year there's going to be some change and those guys all know that. And it's, it's tough. Cause you know, you have guys who are free agents. There's all the, you know, the tough salary cap decisions that end up getting made every season. So, you know, there's, this is a, it's a weird time of year for them. And, and going off what we said to start for a lot of these guys, it's, it's unfamiliar cause they've never been through this. You know, you talk to a guy like I talked to Luke Wilson after, and you know, he's been here since 2013, which means all he knows is playoffs and 10 plus wins. And that's a lot of the core guys on this team have never gone through missing the playoffs. Well, and hopefully it makes them hungry to not be in this situation next year. But I do think you're right. It feels different because they've already had a chance to process the what ifs. And I think that's what you felt during the course of the year, too. Lots of people have asked me about, you know, is there infighting among the team? Does it feel like guys are against each other more than they're for each other? And my explanation is I think what you are experiencing and feeling is them working through the issues that Father Time brings up. They know, and you've seen it with the injuries this year and, and just the age and and how long this core group has been together. They've been processing what this looks like throughout the course of the year. And it's been a constant reminder that this doesn't last forever. And I think that's what's caused some of that uncertainty, even during the course of the season, where they're trying to to go through it at the same time they're playing games. Well, and I think it's, you know, as much as when guys get hurt, it's all about people talking about next man up and you have to keep focusing on it. It's pretty eye-opening for a locker room when three of your, you know, veteran Pro Bowl guys are lost for a season and two of them, as Pete Carroll talked about this week, two of those are career-threatening injuries. We don't know yet if Cam Chancellor or Cliff Averill are going to be able to play football again. And Richard Sherman has been such a steady, constant presence on the field. You know, he never got – I shouldn't say never got hurt. He toughed it through a lot of things until he finally came up with an injury that he couldn't play through. And, you know, I think maybe for some guys, you know, they keep, you know, they keep fighting and guys stepped up and a lot of players did really good things. We'll touch on this more. But a lot of guys really stepped up in those injuries. But I think if you're a veteran guy who's been here a while and you start seeing that, it, it might have an effect on you just kind of watching these guys go through that. So let's start the conversation about the biggest challenges, surprises, and upsides with the defense. So all three of us are going to weigh on in the, on, weigh in on this. John, why don't you start? Give me the biggest challenge, the biggest surprise, and the biggest upside for the defense. You know, biggest challenge, it has to be the injuries. I mean, you you hear all the time people say, you know, injuries can't be an excuse. Everyone goes through them. But, you know, no, everyone doesn't go through that level of injuries. When you start counting up the number of games you missed of Pro Bowl, all pro players, you know, obviously the three guys I just mentioned missed the whole, you know, a good chunk of the season. You missed Earl Thomas for two games. You missed Bobby Wagner at his best best he played every game but you missed him being his best for a good chunk of the end of the season you missed KJ right for a game and it just at some point it becomes a little too much and you know they still fought well and did a lot of good things but overall that's a little too much to overcome what do we else do we need biggest surprise? surprise and biggest upside you know I think biggest surprise it might be the inconsistency to me in the run defense you know they how good they were all of last year. They had the best yards per carry in the NFL. And I think injuries probably played into the inconsistencies here. But even at full strength early in the year, they had some bad games against San Francisco and Tennessee in their own defense. And then they got it going and they were great. And then I think, you know, with KJ and Bobby being hurt, it caught up to them again. And so, 
you know, they, they had stretches where they were the best run defense in the league for, you know, eight, nine weeks, and then they got gashed a few times. Upside's got to just be a lot of the young guys we saw emerge, whether it was – they had some really strong play out of rookies. Aaron wrote about Shaquille Griffin yesterday, and he had a great rookie season, did stuff that really no no other rookies come in here and started and played mm-hmm. right away like he did. Not even Richard Sherman, you know, Byron Maxwell. All these guys took time to develop. Yeah. Shaquille Griffin was a starter right away and looked really good. Nazir Jones looked great until he got hurt. You know, they've got a lot of young guys stepping up. You know, we don't know his status because he's a free agent, but Bradley McDougal played really, really well. You know, he's a guy that I think if you can get him back could be a big part of your future. So as much as we talk about some of these older guys who we don't know the future for everybody, what it holds, I think we're starting to see kind of that next wave of young talent come along. Aaron, how many of those do you agree and disagree with? Well, disagree with I, all of them. <laughs> I, I, well, I can say this. I definitely agree with two of them because I kind of had similar things for two of mine. Um, my biggest challenge um, that I had down for the defense was also injuries. And th- the thing that I think I think about the most when it comes to injuries is Richard Sherman right away because this is the first time that a lot of guys haven't, haven't played with him in the game. I think Bobby Wagner said that was the first time this year he's ever played uh, without Sherman next yeah. to him. And so, um, you know, you can look at how that impacted the defense in the secondary. But I look at the the injuries that they had this year, um, you know, with Cam also, Earl missing time, KJ, Bobby. um, You know, Michael Bennett um, even said he was playing with that, I think, that foot injury. The the fascia, yeah. He was playing that the whole year with that. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, and then Frank also admitted on the locker room clean all day, he had had protection on both of his hands as well. So, I mean, Frank had to deal with injuries as well. Just a ton of injuries this year. Um, that was the biggest challenge to me that I look at um, when it comes to surprises. Um, this is kind of – John kind of hit on this, but to me at least, and it's not to say that I didn't expect these guys to do this, but the biggest surprise that I saw was the guys that filled in. And I look at um, Byron Maxwell, who came in midseason and played pretty dang good yeah, for a veteran that came in and had come in for Richard Sherman. Um, you look at Frank Clark having to step up as well with Cliff being out. Justin Coleman, who we, they the team traded for at the beginning of the season, came in and got the starting nickel job. That's a good call. Ha- had, he had two picks, and both of his picks were the first of his career, and they're both pick sixes. Um, Justin Coleman came in and played a really good job, and they also had him on blitzes as well, so it wasn't just him being in the secondary. And then Bradley McDougal. Uh, they signed McDougal to kind of come in and be a guy for different packages and whatnot, and I think they extend, expected him to play a little bit more. But for him to come in and play opposite of Earl Thomas and to, to be that good of a starter for them, and now he's pretty much a priority for them to kind of sign this offseason. That was a, that was, all these guys are big surprises to me, to see them come in and fill in at the level that they did and not necessarily just coming in and filling in. Um, the biggest upside for me is also kind of what John hit on was the the young pass rush talent. You know, you look at Jaron Reed. You got Frank coming back for another year. Nas Jones showed a lot of ability in the preseason, even before the regular season happened, um, and he also showed it when he did get game time action as well. Um, you still have maybe Sheldon Richardson next year. You still have Michael Bennett, um, and then Shaquille Griffin came in and had arguably the best rookie season of a cornerback under Pete Carroll and Josh mm-hmm. Schneider. He came in and played right away and played pretty much the majority of cornerback snaps for them and uh, learn the kick-step technique that's not easy to master for this defense. So I look at Shaq, and I just I, – I, don't, I think he's being super underappreciated for what he came in and did as a starter right away. I think that the injuries kind of overshadow that one. If I can jump in, one, one thing that I thought of with what Aaron was talking about with the young defensive line – I thought it was really interesting and telling that when Pete Carroll started talking about the defensive line yesterday, the first name he mentioned was Deion Jordan. Yeah. And that's a guy that he came in 
you know, they signed him, and it was sort of this, well, you know, he's an interesting name because he's a former number three pick, and then he's hurt all year, and you kind of almost forget about the guy because he's just working out, and you don't really – at that point, you can't know what to expect. He had missed so much football. He had four sacks in five games, and this is a guy who – he missed two years of football. So, you know, he's a restricted free agent. There's no guarantees he's back, but as a restricted guy, you got a really good shot to bring him back, and the way Pete Carroll talked about him, you would certainly think that he will be back. If he can – not just be the player he was these last five games, but presumably you'd get better with a f- healthy off season and training camp and all that. That could be turn out to be uh, you know just a steal of an acquisition. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And I'll just weigh in on my biggest for the defense. I think their biggest challenge is maintaining the consistency that they have shown so often over the last five and six years. You've gotten used to seeing them play at a high level. It's hard to maintain that. That was a challenge when you measure what they did this year compared to the last five years. My biggest surprise was Bradley McDougal. Shaq Griffin's right up there, but to bring in Bradley from a different scheme and have him play as effectively, that's not something that the Seahawks have been able to do and go out and find guys and then train them in their way. And the biggest upside, I think, is the new Legion of Boom that's coming up. But you're going to see some different faces back there. But the body types are all very similar. Their mindset, they've got some good snaps. And so I think that that is going to be the biggest upside. As we transition to offense, Biggest challenge, biggest surprise, and biggest upside. I think for me, biggest challenge has to be the run game. Biggest surprise for me, Jimmy Graham, because he had 10 touchdowns, but he only had a total of 520 yards receiving. And so there was a little bit of a dichotomy in his stats. And the biggest upside for me is Mike Davis because he was installed as the starter in that number one back late enough in the season. You saw him do some good things. I'll let you two weigh in on how much you agree with those. My biggest challenge for the offense was penalties. And I think as the season went on, Pete kind of hashed on that and how much that really hurt the team. Um, there was a, some really rough stretches towards the end of the year when they needed to win some games where penalties certainly hurt them on a lot of drives when they had a lot of scoring opportunities. So I definitely think about penalties right away. Um, 148 total for the team this year. Yeah. Not a number that you want to uh, want to have. No, not at all. And then uh, for the biggest surprise, I'm going to go with Paul Richardson. This okay. is the first year P. Rich played all 16 games for his career, 703 yards, six touchdowns on the year. And I think in general he really established himself as a really good vertical threat for this offense. And uh, I think he had a really under-the-radar year, um, productive under-the-radar year for them as well. Um, then I look at the biggest upside. I know he's kind of forgotten about because he's hurt, but Chris Carson. Yeah. And I, I mean, you also have That's Mike Davis, point. too, and I like Mike Davis coming back. But Chris Carson was really good in the time that he was able to show on the field. So getting him back, and he was also close to coming back towards the end of this year. Yep. And now he has a full off season to come back and get, get to work. So he should be ready by the start of next season. So I look at Chris Carson, and you have him, Mike Davis. Who knows if they take another running back or acquire another running back in the offseason. So. That's the that's some upside that I look at right there. With yeah, Chris that's Carson. a good one. Yeah, for the for the challenge of penalties is a great call. I mean, it, Pete Carroll's interesting talking about that because in years past, you know, they they were the highest penalized team or one of both their Super Bowl years, and it wasn't an issue. But he talked about it was different this year, and you know, he was very clear that you know that's on him and the coaching staff. And he said things when they come back and report this spring for workouts. He didn't specify what they're going to do, but he said there will be changes to address that so that's a good one but i for me i gotta go with the run game first i mean that that to pete carroll is so important you know you need to be balanced you need to have that physical running presence and go look at the playoffs right now nine 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 of ten teams are the top ten in rushing it's just such an obvious thing that you need to win consistently football so 
they didn't have that this year. They may do sometimes better than others, but it you know it catches up to you over the course of a year when you're you know we've talked a lot about how much Russell Wilson did and he did a lot of great things, but you can't you know that's just not the best way for him or this offense to function. No, and it also trickles down to the defense because you had three and outs in yeah, situations where you couldn't run out the clock and, or keep you know the offense off on the field. Defense ends up getting worn down as well. Yeah. It, Kind of, and then my surprise kind of piggybacks off that because while overall that was a negative, to see Mike Davis come in, you know, there's a guy who was sitting on the practice squad and do what he did. And JD McKissick was a guy that was not really on anyone's radar coming into the year, and he had a huge role all year stepping up, kind of for what they hoped CJ Proceis would be. And then as Aaron said, you know, we didn't see a lot of Chris Carson, but if he can get back to full health, and it sounds like he will. You know, I'd, I'd be stunned if they don't add to that group. They, yep, you know, they agreed. especially with the durability issues. Look, they love Chris Carson, they love CJ Procise, but they've, you know, since Marshawn Lynch, they haven't had a running back survive a whole season, so they're going to add to it. But you know, I, I think there's some young potential there to kind of mix into the competition. Um, in terms of you know the upside, what I'm excited about looking forward is it, this kind of much maligned offensive line for so long that people have have been hard on and sometimes fairly, sometimes not, they're going to have, you know, might not look the same when the season starts, but everyone but Luke Jokel is under contract for next year. You're going to get George Fant back. I, I was talking to him the other day. He, he posted an Instagram video, of him running on that ultra G machine, the, you know, that takes away some of your body weight so you can run. And he's, you know, he's expecting to be back for training camp. So, you know, it, there might be changes, whether it's through competition, through guys, they draft. We don't know if Luke Jokel's back, but you're going to have your left tackle. You know you've got a stud left tackle. You know, there's pieces there that I think we saw some growth out of that. That you know it wasn't perfect this year, but we saw them improve over the year, and I think that could be a much improved group with a full season. Yeah, I yeah yeah I I think so. I think you've got the pieces there, whether those pieces stay in the same spots or not. Yeah, I mean we've seen over the years. Look, they're willing to tinker, especially when they have much. the off season and training camp and if they look at it you know it'll be interesting to see what they want to do with george fant because he looked really good at left tackle mm-hmm. but you now have a pro bowl left tackle putting so, him at left yeah you're like, <laughs> yeah. Dwayne brown's not gonna say oh hey teach me how to play guard 10 years <laughs> into my career i think i think he's pretty safe out there at left tackle so how that looks we'll see but i think they're gonna come into the offseason better suited to succeed on their offensive line than they have in years I think one thing, uh, just to go back um, to the running game and how disappointing it was, at least for me, like one thing we noticed last year was that the running game was just so hurt, right? There wasn't much availability. So there wasn't much production there last year because there was nobody there. But this year, everybody was there, and it just wasn't as productive. So you look at, like, Eddie or CJ wasn't available. Um, I mean, Chris Carson obviously got injured too. Um, and Thomas struggled this year too. So, you know, last year there wasn't that much there because everybody was injured. But now there was there were some guys available, but they just weren't as productive. And I think that's what's more disappointing to me this year compared to last year. Yeah. there And, yeah, the quarterback healthy, which is a big part of yeah. the run game. That right. was a big issue last year, and he yeah. was – pretty much their running game. I mean, yep. 200, 586 yards by far led the team in rushing. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that everybody can agree there's a lot of good pieces on offense. They just need to come together a little bit better and be consistent throughout and, the course and, of the yeah, year. And just to piggyback off the consistency, Pete Carroll talked about this yesterday, but you know, as much as he is all about the finish and he's always talked about that, you can't constantly be 
a bad first quarter, bad first half team and rely on that second half comeback. And that's, you know, that's everybody. We saw Russell Wilson struggle early in games. We saw the running game. We saw the penalties tended to be more of an issue in the first half. And they've, they, you know, they don't need to go out and boat race teams in the first half, but they need to be a little more consistent. Yeah, Russell did have 19 fourth quarter touchdown passes. That sets an NFL single season record. So that's the upside of that one. The downside is. They found themselves in a hole a lot in the fourth quarter. Taking a look at our final group, special teams, and I think this is probably a quick conversation, but when you take a look at the biggest challenge, the biggest surprise, and the biggest upside, I think the biggest challenge was not getting game-changing plays, whether it was flipping the field or, you know, it took until week 17 to get a kickoff return for a touchdown. That, to me, was a huge challenge. The biggest surprise was going in and seeing the hustle board that's put up outside the locker room and to not consistently see, you know, we've talked about this before, not consistently seeing those stickers and those markers showing max effort and and eliminating big plays from the other team. And I think the biggest upside is you're – you're going to see some changes and you're going to see them recommit to some of the special teams positions. And if you take care of defense and offense and you keep those guys healthy and on the field, you're going to have a more well-rested special teams unit to contribute. How do you like that for boom? For I, I'm just going to say, I agree. No, <laughs> I, you know, the challenge, I don't want to put it on one guy, but you can't miss as many kicks as they missed this year. And look, Blair Walsh, great dude. And, you know, he, he's classy stand up yeah. guy. And can't say enough about I mean, go that. read Greg Bishop's SI piece on him. I mean, he quite literally yep. might've saved someone's life. I mean, this is a, a great dude and it's not, that he's not working hard, but in the NFL, you can't have the misses they had. It just doesn't really work. And I'm not the kind of guy who says he cost them games with those missed kicks. Cause like go back to the washing game. Yeah. He missed kicks, but they did so many things bad in that game. Exactly. I'm not putting it on one it's guy. It's not but, just one guy, but I, you know, to me, you got to get a little better there. Um, upside, I, you know, as much as, as you said, the big plays weren't there, seeing Tyler Lockett do what he did Sunday for what that can mean going forward. I mean, it, he had a tough year. He's coming back from a broken leg. He tweaked his knee in the off season and he wasn't quite right. I mean, we saw him with the brace early in the year and he just, you know, he didn't always look like the player he was before the injury. He looked, I mean, he outran Patrick Peterson on that touchdown. I, I watching that unfold, I thought, that's a great return, but he's going to get tackled at the 10-yard line. There were three guys that kind of had the angle, and he just outran them. And, and yeah. you know, it, it didn't end up helping him win that game. But what that can mean for you going forward is a big thing. Surprise? Yeah, I, I think just kind of the overall inconsistency of that group. That's They've really hung their hat on special teams, and at times they looked really good. They had, you know, I think their kickoff coverage over the course of the year was really yes. good. Um, Their gunners were excellent. Yeah, Nico all year Thorpe, long. great player. Yep. DJ Alexander when he's healthy, they got some good stuff out of a lot of rookies. Those those young DBs we didn't get to see much of on defense. You know, especially Delano Hill, but Tedrick Thompson, they they made some pretty big contributions. Um, but it was just it was too inconsistent. Whether it was your punting game, whether it was your return game, it just they weren't as consistently strong across the board as they have been in the past. For me, um, I'm not going to harp on it too much, but the biggest challenge I have to go with kicking as well. I think Blair had um, – he didn't have the season I think he wanted, and um, 
Yeah, there's not too much to really say off of what yeah. John already said. So, um, the biggest surprise for special teams, um, I also have to say just the inconsistency, and there wasn't too many big plays from it, um, other than Tyler's kick return that came uh, at the end of the year in the last game, and then the game against the Falcons was he, he had a, a pretty productive game, but okay. other than that, there really there really wasn't nothing too huge to help them out in field position, um, and I, it, for me, I think you expect a little bit more from Tyler just because he is you know a great Pro Bowl returner too, so. Um, and then for me, the uh, when I look at also at special teams, I just I just look at like the the impact that guys like Nico had. Jeremy Lane in the game against Dallas was playing special teams. He had some pretty big plays in there. Uh, DJ Alexander, this is his first year with the team. He was also uh, a nice surprise as well. Um, and then the upside, I mean, I know I kind of mentioned him, but I mean Tyler, you still have him for another year. Um, and then you also just look at the contributions that you got from Delano Hill, whether it was uh, Tedrick Thompson, who recovered a fumble in one of the games this year, too. And then you probably also have uh, Mike Tyson as well, who's, I mean, he had to spend time on the practice squad, and he's still um, converting and coming along, but you'll probably see him on special teams as well. So there are um, some other guys to probably add along to Nico, to um, DJ Alexander, whoever else on special teams is going to help out there. Yeah, I think the general feeling is that there's a lot of upside in general for this team in all three phases of the game. It's easy to harp on the negative, especially when the season ends earlier than anybody wanted to, wanted it to. But Pete and John have proven that they can build a winning team. They can find talent. You saw it show up in different ways this year. Maybe not in all the ways that you would have liked, but there is some young talent to keep an eye on going forward and as hard as it is to say goodbye to this football season it's not going to be too long before we're talking about the combine the draft OTAs rookie mini camps and I think just like that we're going to be back to training camp so it always goes fast it does always go fast so for as much as this week feels unusual uh, we're going to be back in here before you know it so Thank you to everybody who has listened to the Seahawks Insider Podcast all year long. Thanks to John and Aaron for their contributions. Their contributions don't stop. Make sure that you check them out on Seahawks.com for all of us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next year.